Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where by the time his star football player Bobby arrived at the football game, it had already started. The coach said, why are you so late? The boy said, sorry coach, I couldn't decide between going to church and the football game, so I tossed a coin. But that shouldn't have taken that long, said the coach. Well, I had to toss it 35 times. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We are giving a shout out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. We thank him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us as we speak to your people today. We ask that your Spirit will build them up in the most holy faith and bless them mightily. In Jesus' name. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Round Town, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is His Name is Jesus. Hi, Christy. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Got a cold in my throat, so my voice is a little weird, but I feel good. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be around town no matter what your condition. That's right. It's beautiful and sunny today as always. Yeah. We uh, we like it here because it's peaceful. Mm -hmm. uh, the men are hardworking and mm -hmm. the women can really cook. That's right. Most of them. Today we're going to talk about His Name is Jesus. And the premise of this podcast is that the centerpiece of everything in a Christian's life is Jesus Christ. And if anything that people are talking to you is not leading to that focal point in your life, which is Jesus, then they're missing the point and they're leading you astray. I think we have to take a moment and step back and consider that God is having us being led by his spirit and not led by the letter of the law. What does that really mean for us? You know, it was considered that if you slept with a woman who is not your wife, you either committed adultery or you committed fornication. But when Jesus came, he said, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. And his freedom, his being led with the Spirit, did not mean anarchy. Right. It actually meant a higher morality, a morality that originated from deep inside you instead of off the letters of a page. Right. And that's what I think about the tabernacle experience. The tabernacle experience is going to allow a lot of freedom. And we're going to do a lot of things that people previously thought were sin. But we're going to do them in such a way that God is leading. And even though we may look in a situation that could lead to sin, in our hearts there is no sin, so we'll not have a propensity to mm -hmm. sin. And actually, a tabernacle Christian lives a higher and a deeper morality than a person who doesn't know God in that way. Right. 
And that's very important. I mean, all Christians are called to the standard, but the freedom that we have in the Spirit and what we learn and experience as we follow the Spirit is we find ourselves sinning less and less, and the nature of our hearts and our desires changes to mesh with that of the Spirit. So that if we get in a situation where we would normally just lash out at someone in anger, we find we don't do it. We find we see them through eyes of compassion and love. When we get into a situation where we feel like we would have a normal tendency to be selfish, we have a desire to give and be generous. There's a higher morality that comes out of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And it's not an outward pressure. You have to do this. You can't do this. It's a connection to the Spirit of God as he leads us that allows us to walk in the Spirit of God. And just like Paul says, when you walk in the Spirit, you don't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And the reason that we wanted to call this podcast, His Name is Jesus, is because there's so much spirituality out there right now. And people, in an effort to not be offensive, will say, well, I don't like to use the word God because that brings up bad connotations for people. So we'll call it the source or the universe or whatever it is that is a lot offensive to people. But the truth of the matter is that there is only one way to God. Exactly. And that is through Jesus Christ, his son. He says that. Jesus himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one's going to come to the Father except through me. So if you want to call the Spirit of God source, if you want to call the Spirit of God universe, okay, if that's what makes you feel comfortable, but you cannot achieve that connection with God without Jesus. And it's pointless to refer to something that waters it down when the crux of the matter is that his name is Jesus. Jesus is the one who created the universe. Colossians says everything was created by him, through him, and for him. So you talk about the source. Jesus is the source. He is king of all the universe that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So that's where we need to bring our focus into. And as we are led by the Holy Spirit, Sometimes people are afraid they're going to get off on these really weird tangents if they don't really stick to the letter of the law. Well, the letter of the law is there to be a signpost to us that we are on the right path. We were never meant to obtain righteousness through our actions. We can only obtain righteousness through the Spirit of God living in us. And what the New Testament writes about the fruits of the Spirit and the way that we should live our Christian life, those aren't pharisaical rules 2.0. Those are signposts to show that as we are being led by the Spirit, this is what will manifest in our lives. We don't look at the book of Galatians chapter 5 at the fruits of the Spirit and say, okay, I'm a Christian, the Spirit lives in me, so I have to love and I have to have joy and I have to have peace and patience. Okay, wow, I don't really know. I'm supposed to love that person. I'm supposed to have patience with that person. I don't have it. I got to figure out how I'm going to work up more patience. Maybe I need to sleep more. Maybe I need to spend more time meditating, maybe I need to listen to more worship music, maybe I just need to shut up no matter what I'm feeling. Those are all outward ways to try to attain what God wants us to be. But it says also in Colossians that all of these external rules, Paul says, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, they don't do anything for your sinful desires inside of you. All they do is give you a sense of guilt because you can't do it yourself. We don't need to worry about the external rules around us. We need to worry about focusing on the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit come because we are connected to the Spirit. The fruit of a tree grows because the tree is being watered and the tree receives nourishment and then the fruit comes out. So the fruit of the Spirit comes as the Spirit of God is in us and comes out. Then we find that we're loving without effort. We're we're having patience with people that we normally wouldn't have patience with. We have understanding, we have compassion, we have joy that is rooted deep in our souls that we don't know where it comes from because not all of our circumstances produce joy. That's 
the way that we attain that righteousness. And so we don't need to worry about, as we're following the Spirit of God, being let off on these tangents that are going to put us in with these super spiritual people that don't acknowledge Jesus, because the Spirit of God will lead you to the Son of God, and His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is that if somebody does not acknowledge Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and you're listening to them, they're a false prophet. They have to acknowledge the Son of God as the focal point of this universe and of all God has ever done. And if they don't, if they have all this great knowledge and they figured out how to live life and how the world is working right now and they don't acknowledge the Son of God, they are an emperor with no clothes. And when that emperor gets before the judgment seat of Christ and he's not clothed in his righteousness, he'll be naked as anybody else that isn't clothed in his righteousness. And I'm saying this to you because there's this spirit that is coming upon the world to where nobody wants to offend anybody. They don't want to speak the truth lest they upset somebody else's apple cart. The truth is, Christians will always upset the apple cart because they do not go along with the things of the world because the world does not go along with the things of God. And so you can't avoid making some people angry and upset when you tell them that there is no other way to be saved than through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we can't allow the Spirit to come into our lives where we stand for nothing because we're afraid of everyone. There's only one person you really need to be concerned about, and that's Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. because he has been given all power in heaven and earth, and he's the one that will judge you at the great white throne judgment. He will say, enter in my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. This is the person that you have to be concerned about that you please, not anyone else on earth, not any other religion on earth. Muhammad never promised to save your soul. Buddha never promised to save your soul. All these other people that had great wisdom and great understanding and they figured out a way to live their life that was in harmony with everybody else, they didn't claim that they would save your soul. But Jesus said he would save you if you believed him. He claimed to be God because he is God. All these other people were pretenders. They were people that had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. And so in these latter days, as we come into greater and greater revelation, do not fall to the seducing spirit that says you don't have to believe in Jesus Christ as the only way to salvation. That's absolutely wrong. When you come to God and you don't have his son as your core value, you will depart into outer darkness forever and ever, and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a lake of fire. And whatever the form that fire takes, it's still a lake of fire. It's really, really bad. And you want to avoid it. And God made it possible for you to avoid it only through belief in his son, Jesus Christ. That's right. And some of you might be thinking, well, a lot of these people that talk about spiritual things, even though they don't profess Jesus, they're good people and they talk about love and compassion and the same things that Jesus talked about. I don't understand what's so bad about that. Well, here's the thing to recognize. In a lot of the Western cultures, specifically America when it was started, the laws of the country were founded on the principles of the Bible. 
Some of our laws are very consistent with the Ten Commandments. We think it's a crime to murder. It's a crime to steal. It's a crime to commit adultery. All these different things are laws of our country, at least when it was founded. That doesn't mean that the people that lived that way were all going to go to heaven. But the principles that God lays out in the Ten Commandments are a good way for humans to live. If humans lived by the Ten Commandments, there would be good things going on between people. It's a good way to live. And so that's a good principle to live by. And because it's from God and it reflects God, it will produce goodness. If you live in a culture where murder is a crime, it's going to encourage people to not do that. If you live in a culture where false testimony is a crime, people are going to shy away from that. So it's a good way to live that produces a good culture. Same with the fruits of the Spirit. If people are in a place where they really can understand that love is a good way to move, compassion is a good way to move, kindness patience, and they start moving in those things, that's going to produce a good life, a better life than what you would have not doing those principles, because those are from God. And anything you can do to reflect the Spirit of God and line up with the Spirit of God and be in agreement with that is going to give you some measure of goodness. However, the love that people are talking about, if they don't have God living in them through Jesus Christ, is a very limited man-made love. Yes. No matter how hard they try to be loving, they can only go so far in their own nature. With the way to really love the way that God tells us to love in that agape, unconditional love can only be done when God lives in us. And even if we're practicing kindness and compassion to the world, if we deny the Son, we're not going to have enough righteousness to get to God. So it even though people are acting kind and they're promoting a message of love, if they're not telling you that Jesus is the only way to God, if they're belittling what Jesus did, they're not on the right path. The source, the true God, the universe has a name and it's Jesus. Really? What is this thing about the universe? You know, yeah. The universe is a cold place. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have a personal savior who can talk to me when right. I need to have answers. I'm going to ask a living God whose name is Jesus who can actually know me and care enough about me to give me a good answer so I can know which way to go. Exactly. We are in the midst of strong delusion. I used to think that we were just coming into it, but the more that God reveals to me about what's going on, we are right in the midst of it. There is great darkness, and it's about to get a whole lot more black. But when you have strong delusion, you have deep darkness, what you need is strong revelation. And that's what God is doing. He knows the Antichrist is on the horizon. He knows that world government is about to pounce on everybody in the world. And so what is he doing? He's raising up a people who have a divine light within them, who have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead mm -hmm. after three days. That spirit, the spirit and power of Elijah, is the exact thing we need in order to navigate these coming days. I don't listen to what people say in the world nowadays because I have a higher authority That's right. than somebody who actually sees things correctly, who's not fearful of the future because he has decided the way it's going to work out. Therefore, I don't have to be bothered by all this noise that is coming through the media, or the papers, or the television, the movies, or the music. I don't even have to listen to that. All I do is listen to one still small voice who tells me exactly what I need to know at any given moment. And this is what I'm asking you and what I'm imploring you to check out for yourself. Stop being a horse with blinders mm. that only sees 
where the person in the carriage is making you go. There is a whole world of the Spirit out there that God wants to show you. And he doesn't want your pastor controlling you. He doesn't want your family controlling you. He doesn't want your society controlling you. He wants to control you. And it's a loving control. It's not a harsh, do this or else control. It's a still small voice. Mm -hmm. It's a suggestion. You know, come over here because I know there's still water. Go over here because there's green pastures. Right. I cannot listen to anybody that does not speak with the voice of God. And because I am God's sheep, I know his voice. Right. And another's voice I will not follow because it's different. It's not the one I trust. And my heart is that you learn God's voice yourself so that if there's nobody you can talk to, if there's no Bible you can read, if there's no person that you can go to to check to see what you should do, you have everything you need. You have Jesus Christ. We're in a time in history where there is tremendous delusion going on. You know, a few decades ago, there was a very anti-God movement. And anything that was any bit religious was considered ridiculous. Nowadays, people are knowing there's more, but they have been so disillusioned with the Christian church, they don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And so they'll move away into these other spiritual things that are being presented because they're new, they're fresh, and because they provide the freedom that they really are searching for. But the freedom is really only available in Christ. And if you've been burned by the church, like so many of us have, if you've been hurt by Christians, like so many of us have, you know, understand that Christians are just people that also make mistakes. And people are just doing the best they can with what they know. And some people believe to really serve God, you have to treat other people badly. Throughout history, Christians have done that, thinking they were serving God. Right. Offer them grace and forgiveness, and you pursue God on your own and have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Him and allow Him to speak to you. That is the core message that Michael and I feel God pressing on our hearts to give to you who listen to these podcasts. It's very, very important that you connect to God personally and learn to hear his voice for yourself and do what he tells you to do because there's going to come a time when his sheep are going to be scattered and we're not going to be able to come as a group and move as a unit. We're going to be individual people all over the world that have to be led by the Spirit. And if you don't know the voice of God for yourself, you're not going to know whether to go right or left. You're not going to know where to go where there's going to be food. You're not going to know where to take your family where it's going to be safe. You're not going to have one bishop or one leader of your church that's going to give you a direction that's going to apply to everyone. And even aside from bad things, you want to be in a place where your life means something, where you live in the fullness of what God has called you to, and you can impact this world in this vital time for God. And in order to impact Him and to have the blessings that He wants you to have, you have to be able to hear His voice and be obedient to His voice. That is very important. It's always been important, but I think even more so in this time that we're in, we have got to be able to connect with God and move by His Spirit. Exactly. And we have to free our minds from our dogma and from our preconceptions so that we're free to do that. Yeah. I know in my life currently, I wonder, okay, why am I not doing this? Because this would lead to that. And I think that's where God would want me to be. And the Holy Spirit is not leading me to do it. And it's so frustrating for me sometimes because God acts like he's really kind of unconcerned about stuff. Then all of a sudden, he'll just speak to me from heaven. He says, I want you to do this. And I think to myself, really? What does that have to do with anything in the big scheme of what you're doing? But because he's a God, I just assume that he knows and I do it anyway. 
I've learned that I don't have to understand in order to obey. You know, there is a person in a foreign country that I build an orphanage with, and I did a lot of things with this person, and the guy really, really did wrong and, and mm. basically stole the orphanage. Wow. And the orphanage sits there really unused for what I made it for. I put a lot of money and effort into it. And then the other day, he calls me up and he wants me to send him money so he can get an MRI because he's sick. And he doesn't have money to get the MRI. Ooh, good time for revenge. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And I sat there and thought, well, he's right where I want him. And then the Holy Spirit came on me and I really didn't feel that way. You know, I had to imagine how hard it was for him to reach out and ask me for money. And I happened to have the money, but I just marveled at God. I mean, when I felt the Holy Spirit, God didn't have any judgment against the guy. Interesting. And I have really hated this guy. This guy <laughs> is really, really bad. But at that moment, I didn't feel that way. And so I just wired it to him. Why did I do that? Well, it was the right thing to do, and it was what God was going me to do. Personally, I didn't want to do it. But the spirit that is in me did. Mm. And I believe that God expects us to take care of the need we're presented with. Good point. And yeah, that was the with. need that he presented me. And so I asked him, and he said, send it. So I did send it. I don't even know if it will help. I don't know what it will happen. I probably never hear about what it did. But I know that God recorded that and that if nothing happens on earth, there'll really be some sort of reward for doing his will in heaven. And that's like it is a lot in our Christian lives. We try to weigh it in the balances of what we see as reasonable and says, well, will I get some return for what I do? And will God do this or will somebody else do this? And most of the time when God asks you to do something, you just don't even know. You don't. That's right. I remember I was walking across the street over in another country. And this woman, I was going kitty corner and she was going catty corner. <laughs> and we met in the middle. I reached in my pocket, took out whatever bills I had, and I put it in her hand, which was there. She took it, kept on rocking. I kept, I didn't know her. Wow. And it's like she was expecting me to be there. Wow. <laughs> Never saw her again in my life. And I don't even know how much money I gave her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just reached my pocket, grabbed whatever there, and I put it in her hand. And her hand was up. And <sighs> she went off. I don't know That's what happened. Amazing. That's a lot how our Christianity is. So, I mean, we just do what God says to do, and we trust him to bring the increase or the blessing or whatever it is. Often, momentous events turn on one small action. There was a woman who was about to hang herself from a tree over in another country that I was in. She told us this testimony, and as the rope was around her neck and she was going to step off the stool, she heard music from a crusade wafting through the trees and she listened to it for a while, and then she took the rope off her neck, and she went over there and got saved. Wow. That's how she got saved. Now, that guy who was having that crusade in that particular spot maybe thought, man, this is not a very good spot to have a crusade. You know, there's not many people around here. I mean, what am I going to actually do? And he's probably getting all kinds of battles in his mind. But he obeyed. 
The salient point is that guy I yeah, made, yeah. and he was there, and they were singing that music, or they were playing that music over those speakers, and it was just near enough to that lady so she heard it. And she got saved, she married, she had a child, and mm. that whole life pivoted on that evangelist having that crusade at that spot on that day in that hour. He didn't have any idea how impactful that would be. No. So what we do as Christians, and please hear me on this, is that we just do what he says. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It matters if it's God. If you're sure it's God, just do it and leave the increase to him. Mm -hmm. You know, do it, forget it, go on about your business. Yeah, I if like he, that. If he wants you to do something else, he'll tell you when you need to do it. And you let him lead and guide you, direct your paths. And that's how you be productive and do the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. And we don't need to look at the increase. We don't need to measure the success because sometimes our measure of success is radically different than God's. And a lot of times we approach the things that we do in God with a bit of pride, thinking, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to see this success as a result of me yeah, exactly. doing this for God. But what if God just wants you to be a little stepping stone into something great that he's doing? I remember hearing the story of a evangelist that was holding a crusade in a town and not very many people were showing up. And one night there was only about 10 people that showed up and did an altar call at the end expecting great things. And nobody came at first. And then one young man came up and gave his life to Christ. And, and he went away and wrote in his journal, this has been an utter failure. Nothing has ever happened. I don't know why I'm doing this. I believe God wanted me to do this crusade here, but I have no idea what's going to come out of it. Turns out that the young man who came and gave his life to Christ that night was Billy Graham. And Billy Graham ended up evangelizing and speaking the gospel to hundreds, millions of people because of the way that God used his life. Well, that man who preached that sermon that Billy Graham responded to gets a share in that blessing in heaven because he was obedient to God. Yeah. But that man may not have ever known until much, much later that that was the result. And we don't know. We may just impact one person. We may not think we're impacting anyone, and it doesn't make any difference. We do what God asks us to do, and our joy and our pride is when God is pleased with us. That's where we get the satisfaction and the reward. We're not in this for ourselves or the success that we see we have. We're in this for the success of God's kingdom on earth. The truth is, no one can censor the Holy Spirit. No one can block your access to God. No one can say that God has to say this to you or not say that to you. There's no way to limit God's access to you. And really, that's our blessing and salvation in these latter days, when the whole world is being shown only one picture and only the picture that the people in power want them to see. God can be speaking to us individually without the need of a wireless connection, without the need to be jacked into the internet. We can hear God and we can move as one body through being connected to his Holy Spirit and listening to what he says to do, when he says to do it, with whomever he says to do it with. And if I am doing that, and then 500 other people are doing that near me, we will move as one. We will accomplish the whole plan of God in that area together, and no one will be able to understand how we do it. And no one can prevent it. That's right. You can't individually monitor 500 people and force them not to do what God says every minute of every day. It's an amazing thing. 
I was just looking at this today in Revelations chapter 12. It says, the woman who is with child delivered. And out from her came a man-child who stood up as a fully formed person and dealt a death wound to the beast. Now, there's first, second, third fulfillments all throughout prophecy, but the salient point to me today is that a child came out of the church. Oh. See, God is not expecting we're going to stay in the church and be a man-child. He is expecting that we're going to come out of the church and be a man-child, do what we have to do, and then be caught up to God and to his throne. It is prophesied in Scripture that you will come out and you will be separate. But that is God's will. I mean, the church at that point wants you out in the worst way. In fact, they're yelling and screaming that you come out. So come out. It's not a bad thing at all. In fact, when you look at it in a broad sense, that is the perfect will of God for your life. And so if you're coming out, don't think it's strange. That's what babies do. They come out and they eventually are separated from their mother. And they can be fully formed until they are separate. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's the time that we're living in. It's a time that massive amounts of people are leaving the church. They don't find what they need there Mm -hmm. anymore. It's too restrictive. They need to get out and breathe. They've got to be able to move. We're not in an era anymore where people are drawn to the church. A couple centuries ago, people would go to the church to find what they needed. But now we're in a place where people are a lot of times being repelled by the church. And a lot of people within the church, as they follow the Spirit of God, are being asked to leave. And the work that God is doing currently, especially through tabernacles, is work of an individual person in specific places in the world as God places them. And much of it, most of it takes place outside of the church. That doesn't mean you can't go to church. But if you do go to church, don't make that your spiritual life. Make that a place to connect with people, to encourage people, to receive encouragement, and then go out and do what God wants you to do. You might find yourself working in a place that people would think no Christian would set foot, but it might be a place where God is going to use you specifically as a tabernacle Christian who hears the voice of God and responds to the voice of God and moves by the Spirit of God and impacts people in a way that a non-Christian couldn't do. It's very important that we're out in the world rubbing shoulders with people so that we can be the manifestation of God to the world in the way that he wants us to be. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I know a scientist at the very highest level of what they're doing scientific that's a tabernacle Christian, full-on tabernacle Christian, Mm -hmm. not just a little bit. And they're working around some of the most confirmed atheists in the world. There's tabernacle Christians in school. There's tabernacle Christians in government. There's tabernacle Christians in the military. They're everywhere, but you can't see them unless God reveals them to you. Why? Because it's not at their time. Jesus walked around for 30 years until it was time for him to be revealed at the River Jordan. And then it was time for him to do his ministry. Our ministry, in conjunction with everybody else, is yet for an appointed citizen. We're preparing in the womb still. We're almost there. It's almost time to be delivered, but we're still not revealed yet. And what we're doing here in God's Love Club, we're laying the foundation in an audio form so that people, when they do 
feel that they want to come out, they do feel that they are becoming a tabernacle blessing Christian, that they can listen to these podcasts or they can read the Final Feast website and they can say, okay, I'm not totally crazy. Yeah. Somebody else has done this before. Right. You know, I, I wish 35 years ago I could have had something like this. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I, seven years ago I could have had something like I this. I scoured <laughs> Christian bookstores. I went everywhere. I asked everybody, and nobody knew what I was experiencing. And it was a very lonely existence. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that when God brings the tabernacle blessing to others in this day and age, that they will be able to connect with us here and know that, yes, you're on the right track. This is what God wants you to do. This is the birth of the man-child. This is the third and final feast that God wants to fulfill spiritually in the Gentile church age before he closes it down and switched again to natural Israel. You're a chosen vessel. God created the heavens and earth for you. That's the truth. You are the most precious thing in the entire universe. They say they look out billions of light years from our planet here. You know something? They've never found something like you, not even remotely. They would be thrilled if they found an amoeba, but they didn't. You are the center of what God's doing because you are the bride of Christ. And you know what the bride of Christ becomes? It becomes the wife of Christ. (laughs) And God is doing that with us. And you are part of the body of Christ that goes with the head of Christ that becomes Christ manifest. And what does Christ manifest? He manifests the spirit of the Almighty God. This is what you are. This is why you're important. This is the whole sum total of what God's going for. He wants somebody like him so he can fellowship, so he can have that love relationship that he pictures between a man and a woman. Do not ever think that you're not worth anything. You're the very reason he made everything. You're the very reason he allowed his son to be sacrificed so that you would have a chance to come back to him because you're that important. Jesus Christ willingly gave himself for your sin so that if you believe in him and you repent of that sin, you can be saved from the fire to come. It's an amazing thing. And these things need to be revealed to you by the Spirit. But if they are, know that God is talking to you right right now. He's speaking directly to you right now. I don't care what is happening in your life. This is your day of salvation. This is your time to come to Jesus and to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you don't do that, no matter what you do on earth, how much you give to the poor, what good things you accomplish, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can build a pyramid and that will crumble to dust eventually. But what you do in Jesus Christ will never pass away. That's right. That is the key there, what you do in Jesus Christ. And as you're following the Spirit of God, don't be shocked if you end up doing stuff that seems strange, that you've never done before, that you've never seen other people do before. Remember that you've called to something that is not standard. And the focus, the line that will connect you to where you need to be is to be centered on Jesus. 
And if you feel that God is moving you to do something that's leading you away from the person of Jesus, you can be sure that's not God. But if God is leading you to do something, you know that it's in conjunction, in sync with Jesus and his nature and his spirit and your connection with him. It doesn't really matter what it looks like. It matters if you're obedient to the voice of God. But Jesus is the source and the universe and the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the one that will guide you. And that is the marker for you as you're going on your spiritual journey. There's a lot out there and a lot of it has not been done before. A lot of it is new. A lot of it is different. A lot of it is very contrary to a lot of things that the church preaches right now. But focusing on Jesus and keeping your eyes on him is going to keep you on the path. And it's a path of freedom and it's a path of joy and salvation. Exactly. As strange as it sounds, You'll be as God made you, holy and pure and righteous, and smiling. You'll be beautiful, you'll be handsome, and you won't have anything between you and God or you and the next person. Mm-hmm. It's that innocence that he created Adam and there Eve with go. Innocence. Before, That's the word. before sin came in. We're so afraid to have any kind of exposure because we don't have innocence. The innocence comes from being connected to God and flowing through him. And the freedom that he gives you brings you that innocence. Exactly. That's where God's taking us, even though most of us cringe at the thought. Yeah, we cringe because we're so full of shame. We're yeah. so full of self-doubt. We're so full of, you know, am I good enough? And you are good enough. Even if you think you aren't, God says, you'll be changed. Mortality will put on immortality. Your body will be changed to a perfected body, which makes sense if you're going to go to a perfected place. You don't want to put an imperfected body in there. (laughs) You're going to ruin your perfected place. So you change the person before you put them there. You've already saved their soul and washed them clean. You know, they already have come into the conformity with Jesus Christ, so you need to redo the body, and then you're good to go, and you can go into the new heavens and new earth, and everything will be fine. I I just love Revelation. (laughs) You know, Revelation is so much fun, I just, I can't get enough of it. You know, I like it when God talks to me. And that's how God is. We tend to forget that we are living in a sinful, fallen world. Yeah. And almost everything the world does is against what God really wants right. to happen. And we think it's so normal, but it's not yeah. normal. It's not how and things so are supposed to be. When we do something that is of God, we appear out of sync with exactly. the world. And God bless us for that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we, if we're not out of sync with the world, we're not on the right track. That's yeah. the truth. If everybody's patting you on your back to say you're doing a good job everywhere you go, you might want to think, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Because the world is not famous for wanting to do what God wants to do. And so we're naturally going to seem out of step. And it's okay. It's the Christian condition. It's, since Jesus has been here, nobody kind of understands what real godliness is and what doing the will of God is really about. We just do it by faith. We appear weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, God blesses us anyway. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, God is good all the time. Yeah, and he is. That wraps up another edition of God's Love Club. You can help spread the word of God by playing it forward. And that's what we ask you to do. If you know of someone who could benefit from this message today, please send them a link and share it. Because you personally know people I will never meet. And you know what will fit when. And so I ask you, if you've been blessed, then turn around and bless somebody else. Mm -hmm. Well, have a great week. 
a blessed next seven days mm-hmm. and then bow yourself. For the truth is, your redemption draws nigh. Amen. This is Michael and Christy from God's Love Club. We love you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.